0: Welcome to another episode of Getting on the Green with your host, Craig Merlin. In today's episode, we have Cindy Blumenfeld with Engineered Tax Services. They are a company that have a great scope of different services that they provide to their clients, um, tax incentives, this and that, um, that they can really educate their clients and help them in their real estate needs. So Cindy was born and raised in Brooklyn, and then she moved to Long Island. So she is a New Yorker at heart. She's currently Zooming with us uh, from the great state of New York all the way down to Miami, where I am. She went to school and got her Bachelor's of Business Administration from Farmingdale State University of New York. Um, and other than that, welcome, Cindy. It's great to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you, Craig. Great to be here. I'm actually now in... Uh beautiful sunny
0: west palm beach florida oh so she's florida. down in west palm new yorker okay so you, you still have the new york at heart but uh like many before you uh new yorkers who travel down to uh florida to take advantage of the good weather it doesn't
1: look like the accent is going anywhere either, so. <laughs> but thanks for
0: having me today absolutely um so give us a little bit more background on who you are like what who, who is Cindy and uh, why is it important for us to listen to what she has to say about this topic?
1: Sure. Well, I appreciate the time. Well, I'm definitely a part of a very impressive team, that's for sure. I've been with Engineered Tax Services for over 10 years now, and we're a very unique firm. We're a professionally licensed engineering firm with a tax expertise. Okay. So our company is a combined blend of talents, uh, lead AP accredited architects. Uh, engineers, CPAs, and tax attorneys. And our tagline is, is we marry the science of engineering with the principles of tax. Uh, So we do specialty studies, primarily federal uh, engineering-based studies uh, for all different types of uh, tax incentives, energy certification, cost segregation, historical historical tax, uh, uh, different... uh, tax incentives for renovations and buildings and research and development. So that's where we come in. and um, We're nationally licensed. Uh, again, I headquartered in West Palm Beach, Florida. And um, we, we work with uh, all types of uh, companies and entities. We actually get most of our work from CPAs, because uh, most CPAs don't have in-house engineering departments to do these studies. Uh, we also have a national alliance with the American Institute of Architecture, and we are uh, partnered with uh, USGBC, Green Building Councils, and NASBA, and ASHRAE, and all of the best. (laughs) And our CEO, Julio Gonzalez, is actually uh, part of the consortium in Washington, D.C., helping to make all of these current uh, tax law changes with the CARES Act and all the things that we're, we're facing as I'm a I'm sure nation. there's
0: a lot of new changes for that, right?
1: There are constant changes, and it's amazing. Um, and you really need a trusted resource. It takes a team. You know, I always say, uh, you know, if I talk to people and they're not familiar with some of these studies, and they say, oh, my, my CPA handles that. But, you know, as I mentioned before, most CPAs don't have in-house engineering departments. So I kind of look at us as the, the anesthesiologist in the operating room. We're not your surgeon. But you don't want to go in for surgery with us. <laughs> so we're a really important team uh, to make it happen. And just so you know, um, all the work that we do, we do uh, no cost, high-level, detailed benefit reviews. And we'll look at um, our, our rule of thumb is anything bought, built, or renovated. So um, investment real estate, commercial purchases, um, anything that's being um, bought, built, or renovated is our threshold. We'll look at the uh, architect. Uh, documents and the plans and purchase statements and depreciation schedules and our team of experts will put together a high-level benefit review that then our clients can review with their CPA and determine whether or not it makes sense to go forward. But I got to tell you, typically it's a no-brainer. And now more than ever, businesses are hurting and people need money and people need any advantage out there. And, you know, these studies are new. They've been around since the 80s. There's, there just is a lack of awareness. So, so thank you again absolutely for and, me. and and Great that's show. definitely
0: why uh, um, my myself and uh, some colleagues were, were basically just brainstorming as to what topics do we we as professionals not know enough about in the real estate world and the topic of today's episode which is cost segregation um, is definitely one of those topics that I mean, we're we're industry professionals. You know, we're supposed to be the people who know the most about this subject, yet cost segregation is something that we know very little about or just, you know, minute details about. So hopefully today you can kind of run us through a little bit more about, you know, the intricacies of what is cost segregation.
1: Absolutely. So I think an easy explanation would be uh, it's an engineering appraisal of the building for tax purposes, if you will. Okay. So I'm sure you've heard uh, commercial property is uh, historically depreciated over 39 and a half years and residential apartment buildings, 27 and a half. So what that means is let's say somebody buys or builds a building for $5 million. They typically segregate out about 20% to land and the rest of that basis, their CPA will divide by 39 and a half years. And that's how much you can write off every year. And as you know, The more write-offs, the more money in your pocket. So I'm sure when everyone out there does their taxes, oh, maybe it's a company car or a business dinner or a business travel, and you're able to write these things off and offset them. So we're looking for those opportunities. Um, The IRS also allows an alternate method via an engineered-based cost segregation study where we go in, and if you can imagine you're building like a dollhouse Imagine picking it up, turning it upside down, and shaking it. Everything that falls out is personal property because it can be removed, and they get reallocated to their appropriate class lives. Five-year assets, seven-year assets, 15-year assets, and there are 39-year left assets. So things like carpeting, you're not going to depreciate that over 40 years. You're lucky if it lasts five. So um, electrical, mechanical, structural. We, we We put all of the pieces and parts and components down to the nuts and bolts. We're talking you know, three, 400-page reports um, of all of the pieces, their value and their class lives. So this is a living, breathing document. And, and then with all the different tax law changes, you might have bonus depreciation, which means you could take all of those five-year assets in year one. Whatever you can't use can be re- rolled forward to future years. And um, there's layers of benefits. So the first big one is cash flow, because that's what everybody looks at right away.
0: Cash is king.
1: Cash is king, right? And um, other layers of benefits then are when you own investment property or any property, you're always putting money into it, right? You're always repairing, maintaining, Mm -hmm. updating, renovating. Um, So as you're putting things in, things come out. So now everybody's putting in LED-efficient lighting or maybe more energy-efficient HVAC systems so the old systems that are going out even with an engineered study lighting hvac and the shell of the building the envelope walls windows roof windows those are all still 39 year assets but when you're able to identify them when they're just dis, uh, discarded disposed of from the building you have the value that your cpa can then justify and write them off so that's called the disposition study or pad partial asset disposition study so The earlier that we get in, people always ask when's the key time. And we engage in studies the day after somebody does a purchase or right as even a new construction, we like to get it brought on earlier. Because sometimes we can assist and advise in the construction process. And sometimes we'll look at energy efficiencies because there are a lot of tax credits for those that we certify as well. And then insurance is another benefit because, um, insurance companies don't want to lose so they're going to make sure they have their cushion but when we provide them the true replacement value some of our clients are seeing 20% plus insurance reductions but you know there are two sides to the point sometimes we might find that a building is underinsured and their owners would want to know that as well
0: Okay, those are definitely uh, good services to provide Um, so obviously we know how this links to basically real estate in general, because it's finding the tax incentives um, associated with the actual real estate. Um, So why exactly is this used? Like give me the most simple answer as to why cost segregation is used.
1: Well, you're maximizing your real estate investment. When you accelerate the components... That's cash flow, and then you're not losing any money by identifying them. As I said, when things are repaired or replaced or maintained, if you don't identify them, you have what's called ghost assets. So, if a storm comes, South Florida, we're getting ready for some, right, um, and rips off all a part of your roof, and you need to do that repair or replacement, if you don't have the amount that your CPA can write off, you're, you're going to have two roofs on your depreciation schedules. Mm-hmm. And then there are you know other layers. I know we do a lot of work with 1031 exchanges and opportunity zones and energy certifications and brownfield tax credits. You really need to look at, at all the tax incentives out there. and you know look it's, it's not for everybody. I'm going to say it's for most um, who wouldn't benefit from a cost segregation study would be someone who's flipping properties. You're going to buy it this year, fix it up, and sell it next year. You can't do a cost segregation study because you're going to have recapture on it. Um, So the threshold is you want to hold it for five years. If you don't pay any taxes, if you're a nonprofit, you don't pay any taxes, then my tax deductions don't do you any good. So it doesn't make sense (laughs) to do the study. If you have owned the building for already 25 years and you haven't done any renovations to it, it's pretty much depreciated. It doesn't make sense to do the study. But otherwise...
0: Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of benefits to doing this. What are the drawbacks? There's There's got to be some sort of drawback. If I take a depreciation on, let's say, for instance, the roof or my carpet or whatever it might be, what's the drawback? Say, like, what what risk am I facing if I do this? If I make the decision to depreciate on, like, one one time period versus the standard?
1: It's it's not a risk, it's a benefit. You're actually appropriating things correctly, and the IRS wants that. You know, people think, oh, is that allowed, or is it shady, or I don't know. No, actually, it's the IRS's preferred method, because you're appropriately telling them. You're not saying, I bought a building for $5 million. You're telling them, I bought electrical, mechanical, and a roof, and land, and landscaping, and furnitures, fixtures, components.
0: Okay, so... Absolutely.
1: It's a, it's a huge benefit. So it's
0: more and, of looking at it as a sum of multiple parts versus a piece of real estate.
1: That's correct.
0: Okay. All right. That definitely makes sense. Um, and so you were talking about basically who can do it. Um, obviously, like the, the churches and the non tax paying, um, basically owners of property, don't need to be doing this. And the flippers, like you said, but does that leave everybody else, all homeowners, all business, um, property owners, should they all be doing this?
1: Not your primary residence that you live in. Oh, as, okay. As the property. So we do single family homes, condo build outs, things like that, as long as it's an investment home. And you, you really want to have a basis, I'm going to say about a half a million and up, our- to kind of make and I mean, we do some leasehold improvements and, and um, TIs, tenant improvements, you know, a few hundred thousand. I have a, a dentist, uh, dental office we just finished. He has a few locations, the dental surgical centers, and they did substantial build out. So those are good clients to get. Um, yeah. So as long as it's not your primary residence and it's investment real estate. Um, and again, you need to be profitable because the tax deduction offsets the amount that you would have to pay on your income taxes. So if you haven't made any money and you're not making money and you don't think you're going to make any money, then it really wouldn't be worth it for you to invest in having one of these studies done. Um, but we, we are able to um, recapture misdepreciation. So I'll tell you about a McDonald's client of mine. Um, at the, the day that I met him, six years prior, he had acquired eight locations $8.8 million, as you know, McDonald's are franchises, so he doesn't own the land and the brick around it, but it's, it's all the components inside, all the restaurant equipment, the furnishers, the slides. So we went in and we did the cost segregation study, and all those five-year assets, because he had owned the buildings for six years, that was all cash on the table. Now, we put over a million dollars cash in his hands. So needless to say, the next year, I got another 15 of his locations.
0: Okay, that's that's pretty good. So a significant amount of savings for him, I assume.
1: Oh yes, yes, and we, and we got in good with that uh, that CPA and that McDonald's owner as well. Because listen, we're we're not the only game in town as well. There are other companies out there that do these studies, mm-hmm. um, but they're not all the same. And just like buying a car. Um, They'll have different features, different models, different security systems in it. And you want to make sure that you're using, you know, hopefully you'll contact me, but if not, (laughs) make sure that they're licensed and licensed in that state and that they're experienced and and that they do physical on-site inspections. Um, So I'll tell you a little how we work is, uh, as I mentioned, we always do a no-cost review. We collect all the documentation needed. We set up our site inspections. We send the client their preliminary results for review. And then, when that's accepted, we send the final report. And as I mentioned before, this report is really a living, breathing document that the client should not stick it in a drawer and forget about it. Print it out. It's worth the ink and the paper. <laughs> and use it every year. The owner needs to give it to their property manager or hold on to it. And every year is. Things are renovated or taken out of the building or disposed of, they need to highlight it and give it to their CPA for further benefits. And as I mentioned about uh, the insurance as well, I suggest my clients. So we include as an added value, a detailed engineered insurance replacement appraisal. We call them dear reports because it really doesn't take any more work that we're already doing. We just put it in in the right format. Or the insurance company so we ask insurance uh, clients to put it in their insurance brokers hands and have them put it on their underwriters desks and get the more aggressive pricing.
0: okay so all of this makes perfect sense as of now um, but talk to me a little bit about the timing. Say for instance you, you said you know this study is fine for you know even con- when you're doing construction you can do it before you've even started the construction when it's a new purchase you can do it basically day one. But let's say for instance I bought a building let's say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even let's say 30 years ago. Is it too late for me?
1: Yes, if you bought the building 20, 30 years ago, it's already depreciated unless you did a major renovation. If your building's 20, 30 years old, you probably did or need to. <laughs> so
0: so give me give me basically like a threshold then of out of the 30 what was it? 34 years?
1: The sweet spot is uh, newly constructed or purchased to about ten years. Okay. Really makes sense.
0: So, so nice. let's talk about let's talk about a twenty-year-old building. I bought it yesterday. Does the does the depreciation reset because of a new owner or That's
1: correct? Right. The clock starts over again. You starts get thirty-nine over. years, even though your building is ten years old. The only time where that that wouldn't make a sense is if you're if it's so old that you're doing demolition on the building immediately because again you can't double dip just like in the flip properties I was saying so in the IRS's view if you discarded something within a year of acquiring it you knew it had no value when you bought it so if you buy a building and start gutting out the inside you're not going to get a disposition study Want to maybe hold the building for a year or two, identify those components, and then dispose of them. But that's where advanced uh, tax strategy planning comes in. So the sooner that we can get involved, the better. As I said, we're a part of this team, and we're not—you're not going to engage us until we've brought your CPA on board as well, and and go over uh, your situation because we really need to look at this in two phases, right? We look at the building, what was bought, built, renovated, the expenses, the type of buildings, and how old is it? What are you going to do with it? But then at the end of the day, everyone's in a different tax position, different tax rates, different structure holdings, C Corp and S Corp. i will see how many partners. Are you making money? Aren't you making money? Are you going to amend? Are you going to catch up? Are you going to roll it forward as credit? How can you utilize these deductions?
0: Okay. Um, so how how would somebody go about basically looking for the right fit for them? Um whether it be your company or you know another? Like how does somebody know, yeah, I need to go with this person versus another?
1: We'll give my phone number out now, right?
0: <laughs> and that may be or an email address or website?
1: There you go. There you go. No, you listen. Like anything in life, you have to do your due diligence and uh, we are very impressive. And it, it means a lot to be able to work for a company like I do, that's, that's been around the block and that's tried and true and that's uh, stood up to being questioned. And, and that's another thing, uh, that's part of what you're paying for is the, um, the These are not red flags to be audited, but sometimes clients are audited for all kinds of reasons. And if one of our reports are questions, we will respond to the IRS. That's that's part of what you're that's part of what you're paying for in the insurance that you have. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so it seems like um, very much so. This is an ongoing relationship between um, I guess your company and the client. Is that correct? Oh yes. Sure. So it's not like they just come in, you do the survey, and then, all right, see ya, you know, good luck?
1: Well, the, a cost aggregation study is only done once. Okay. And if a major renovation is done, then we can do an update to a study. Um, but typically, it's done once. But yes, if the clients need anything, they come right back to us, and, and we're there to support them. Okay.
0: Okay. Be- because, uh, like you were saying, it was this strategy basically is an ongoing i guess event of you know every year you can you know do more and more and more um so are they coming back to you every year or is this kind of like a once a year thing is this are you talking to your clients once a month or
1: no they they're going to utilize their own report so when i give somebody their report of the building it, it's it's like an appraisal it's a, a whole mm-hmm. breakdown of all the pieces parts and components of that building so if they put in new lighting they're gonna to go to their report find the lighting take a highlighter and give it to their CPA and know the amount to be able to write off they don't need us for that.
0: okay I understand so you're working basically right along with uh, the accountant or other basically real yeah, estate professionals we perfect. or business We're professionals. A perfect
1: partner to CPAs and architects and builders we are, in fact, I get a lot of work from uh, lighting and HVAC as well, but especially a lot of the lighting designers. As I mentioned before, everybody's going to LEDs, and I have companies that before they even give their clients a quote, they run it by me for the abandonment and the disposition, which, again, is just a small portion of a full-blown cross-segregation study. So instead of identifying all the components in the building, we're identifying all the components in the lighting, which there's a lot. There's all kinds of fixtures and switches and wires, and um, so we give a uh, we give the designers a form to fill out, and they list on there everything that they're removing and everything that they're putting in, and the square footage of the building. And we get them back the benefit review, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. You you would really be shocked to see how much in these commercial buildings, we're able to get back. By the time we're done with the study, they really didn't even pay for their new lighting. Not to mention the energy efficiency. Maybe there's some utility or some state incentives as well. But on the federal side, you're talking disposition and 179D, which just got reinstated this New Year's and also 45L, which are tax incentives for um New construction and retrofit energy efficient lighting, HVAC and envelope on new construction buildings, which is uh, another $1. eighty per square foot tax deduction. So that's that's been great that that came back because that, it's actually called, it was in the uh, Energy Policy Act of 2005, came into effect in 2006, and it just got reinstated because it had expired for the last few years. So now it retroactively back, we can go, and through the end of 2020. So if anyone out there has, uh, and we stick with 25,000 square feet and greater for those studies because it's by square foot, but if anybody did new uh, new construction or retrofits lighting in HVAC, they have a dollar, up, up to 60 cents to $1.80 per square foot tax deduction that they're entitled to. Most people are unaware of that as well.
0: So it it definitely seems like there's a lot of savings and incentives, basically provided by the government. Um, that, in my eyes, not everybody's taking advantage of. Um, so having a professional who is literally there to find those savings and help you utilize them seems like a no brainer to me. Um, I don't know if this number exists or. Or whatever, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, what percentage of properties would you say take advantage of this type of service?
1: A small fraction. Okay. All
0: right. I mean, that's... So why? Why Why don't... If you're saying this is basically a no-lose situation, why don't they take advantage of it?
1: Lack of awareness.
0: Okay. So
1: whatever you think about Trump. <laughs> um, he did say when he was being questioned about paying his taxes, he said... Because my accounts understand appreciation. That was his response. Uh, it, it is, it, it's is—it's lack of awareness. And and we actually um, provide continuing education credits to CPAs and architects as well. So it, it's me up there for an hour or two uh, going over it with the CPAs. And, yeah, it's just lack of awareness. And, listen, I don't want to throw any CPAs under the bus either. You can't be an expert in everything. No You're really. not going to go to
0: to your podiatrist for a cardiac issue. Understood. Um, So, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And certainly getting to uh, other professionals to educate them as to how they can help their clients in the best way possible. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer to educate those people so that, A, you can make your money, and B, you can be helping clients that are associated with other people.
1: That's all that that's what it's all about, right? That's why your your best clients are your previous clients, because they've been around the block. Word of mouth. Do, proof is in the pudding. And you know, and, and when people do question, because sometimes I do get somebody real tough on the phone and they think I'm trying to sell them snake oil, I'll just email them the IRS link where it says it right there. I mean it's boring, but I don't want to be a sales girl. You know, we're we're trusted advisors.
0: Well, I mean it seems to me like that's partially What this is, is I'm not going to be pouring through the thousand, however many pages of IRS rules and regulations and incentives and this and that. That's why I'd rather pay, you know, and (laughs) I'd rather pay you or a tax attorney or something like that to do that for me because I don't have the time for that to be able to do that or the understanding of the nuances to know that this affects this, that affects this, to be able to utilize these incentives.
1: Absolutely, and that—that's why we're here. That's why we're here to help. And we have daily calls with our engineering teams and clients, and our in-house tax attorneys and in-house CPAs with with other providers and and uh, CPAs out there. It takes a village.
0: Absolutely. So we are getting towards the end of our time. Um, usually at this point, I like to ask our guest, kind of for a personal plug, whether it's, you know, a, a business book you're reading or, you know, an organization you're involved with or something that you're doing that, you know, the the listeners want to hear about. Do you, do you have anything you want to mention?
1: Oh, I can't think of anything in particular, but we're definitely keeping busy. That's for sure. Um, I'm personally very involved with uh, our Local South Florida FICPA chapters, and our uh, AIA American Institute of Architecture chapters, and uh, different green building associations. So we're really at the forefront, and we do weekly webinars and podcasts. And I mentioned our CEO is helping to change some things in Washington D.C. So um, if anybody out there wants to connect with me on LinkedIn as well, we're constantly sharing this information out and keeping the news relevant and keeping it positive And what do we do next?
0: Well, that's, that is the big question. And, um, certainly in the middle of May in 2020, uh, that, that question's up in the air for most people. So, um, we're all, you know,
1: it is a really great time because, you know, people are, are home now and maybe they're not as busy with their businesses as they were. And they really need to think of other strategies and opportunities to maximize what they have and to make some money and to not, missed the boat on anything. So people are sitting back and also people want to help other people. And it's a good time to reach back to clients that you've worked with for the past five years and say, Hey, you know what? I heard about something interesting and I'm not giving tax advice, but here's a phone number and a website. And I think maybe you should look into this. This could be good for you. And that really goes so far.
0: And, and so, uh, tell me again what that website is to to find you or your company
1: yes the company is engineered tax services and the website is engineeredtaxservices.com my email is c for cindy c blumenfeld at engineeredtaxservices.com and can i get my phone number too
0: certainly and all of this will be attached um below the information on the podcast website uh, so you can find all of this in writing and in hyperlinks that you sh- you'll you be able to just click on and you'll be able to find Cindy. But go ahead, Cindy. What's what's the number?
1: Perfect. The bat line is 954-439-1671.
0: Excellent. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming in today. I think you gave us all a better understanding of um, what cost segregation is, how we can utilize it, why it's important. You know all the positive and basically lack of negatives there are that goes along with this um, topic. So I appreciate you coming in, um, and we will see you next time on the green.